nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing Good evening and welcome to San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. My name is Harry. Uh, joining me is Rafa. Royce may be joining uh, us a little bit later. Um, work schedule's been crazy for all of us at this point here. Like I just walked in uh, from AJ's game. So uh, not only uh, academy, but middle school. So minutes have been hard to find, <laughs> Rafa. Uh, how are you? Good here, live here in Pflugerville. Pflugerville, Austin area, huh? Yeah, I have my little, I should have brought my little Broccoli FC sign. For, <laughs> should have taken down for the They car. might have kicked you out of the hotel up there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's been a, it's been a while. Uh, so we do apologize uh, for that here. Um, not something that, something that we've got to work on, but, uh, you know, AJ's got middle school games. Um, I've been working a different work schedule. Royce has been busy with family and work. You've been out and about it's your your current season for uh, college recruiting. So, yeah. How have you been outside of that? High school's winding down. Um, I know we're going to do a high school show probably next week. I think because this week yeah. we got three SAFC matches here. Um, your thoughts on 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 how the high school wrapped up? Yeah, it was pretty interesting. Um, I, I know I was on the fifty fifty podcast uh, last night and. Um, it was, you know, the 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 whole bracketology. You know, it didn't really. I mean, we had some teams on there. There were some that you know, that kind of broke the bubble. But it was great talking to all the state champions. The, the majority of them. You know, the only one we didn't get to talk to was South Lake Curl. That's a whole other story there. But, um, <laughs> but you know, talking to the coaches and and even the players. You know it. It just shows how how winning the state championship means a lot, mm. but it also I think the feedback we got, it just shows that high, the high school soccer here in Texas is on the rise, and and the, we, you know we got acknowledged for the for the coverage and and that means a lot you know for us and also for Fifty Fifty Podcast that you know that we do analyze the games and the, you know the stat you know not necessarily the stats but just the teams and so forth and and the recognition those those teams are getting are, are just they're just due so hopefully from this it moves on and you know maybe maybe hopefully the texan <laughs> they had they get comments like hey we may need you to comment some games those hey we'll, we'll be up for that so you know we got praises for that and you know and like i said you know coach kind of had some praises for you yesterday how we did you know organizing the the bracketology and so forth so i'm looking forward for next week just the, the final the final uh power per power rankings i did the state ones yesterday i'll do one for our area and then 
I do have some like some something is coming up soon in May, and regarding the high school, this would probably be like the kind of like the stamp of approval, uh, kind of like the the closure the closure of it. So we'll show more inf show more information on that. But it's it is going to be in San Antonio, which is a cool thing about it. Is that going to be kind of like the All Star Game typically yeah. that they do? Or yeah, the Tasco is going to have their their game. I think. Uh, May fourteenth, and we'll get hopefully get some more details on it. Um, so get to see some of the best of the best in the state. Hopefully, they get to some of our area kids here in San Antonio for the for the boys and the girls gets in. So, so we're we're hoping to see hoping to represent our area. <clears throat> Your thoughts on how the. How the uh, trying to think of my wording here. Um, your your thoughts on how the uh, season went overall for you know for San Antonio as as a whole. You know, there are some things that you know. I think there still needs to be addressed as far as you know the not necessarily the level of play, but just kind of the gaps and what I notice. Especially on the girls' side, there's still, you know, a gap between Western California and Austin. And, you know, even though, you know, they were able to win a, beat a couple teams, you know, honestly thought, you know, Reagan would have, should have beaten Westlake, you know, or even, even you know, but that didn't, you know, that didn't happen. And, you know, same thing, you know, I, and as far as with the boys' side, you know, I was surprised, you know, Reagan did it, get the job done. I thought they were, were going to do it and knock off, you know, like Travis. But like I guess I like you got to give Lake Travis a credit. They were, in a, they were a team on the mission. And I guess when you have 22 seniors on the team, it, it's going to help with experience. And I think when you lose a game in the PKs, that you remember that and it kind of drives you to, 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 you know, get back to that point and then hopefully going beyond. So, but I, I think I think one thing is Region Four soccer, especially for the boys, you know, it's it's competitive, and they mm -hmm. can compete the Dallas teams. The girls side, there's there's got to be some work, and there was some analysis that you know if they watched the fifty us, you know, we're actually ahead of Houston, so believe it or not. Right, now we have been for the last couple yeah. of years. So, and that's a shocker there because of the pop, you know, population wise and so forth, and. Even even with competitive club soccer over there, I think hopefully from this that maybe scheduling games up north, mm -hmm. more teams need to schedule teams to play up north just to get the level of the the game and the competition. Especially if, if you watch some maybe yesterday's podcast with Fifty Fifty, you know one the blueprint as far as having a really successful soccer program is Wakeland. Mm -hmm. You know the have made the final six years in a row you know they've won the last three out of the four that says something there too and even the girls team you know to do i think what they pulled off is something the first in texas history soccer history is to do adult they won it together in 2018 now 2022 so that shows that they're and they even said it the, the coaches themselves is that these these kids are play competitive all year round and you know and then they, in the district they get to see those type of players during the district season sort of prepares them for for this long haul so 
hopefully maybe that's something that will be looked forward to the future. Some of the coaches here around the area say, yeah, you know what, we need to play up north just to see what the – just to how we're – to measure where we're at, what can we do to compete with these teams, and hopefully they'll be able to break through, you know, to get a state – you know, get into the state final, which we did have one, you know, as far as the boys side, we did have Bernie boys mm-hmm. pull off the repeat and, you know, talking to Coach Strong. And, you know, they had a really good – <laughs> the way they they were very nonchalant they're like you know they don't have to beat us you know you know they have to beat us you know we don't have to beat anybody we've already been there done that and, and that added and that kind of like you know and that's that say mentality added, yeah mentality just got them through and they overcame a lot of things and they were able to pull it off and, th- and they're going to be a team to watch for next year too they have their entire defense and goalkeeping back so the three-peat it could be possible with them again. My last one has to deal with Dripping Springs mm-hmm. on the on the girls' side here. Um, I know we had them as heavy favorites, I, I would say, um, and and they came up a little bit short in the regional final, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, with Bernie Champion. So, kind of your thoughts? What was? So I'll, I'll ask the question this way: Was that the biggest upset? you know, in the playoffs or, you know, or was there other upsets that maybe were bigger um, just locally, you know, Dripping Springs hadn't lost in what a year and a half, two years yeah. almost. That a 44 um, winning streak. So as far as like the biggest upset, you know, w- w- you know mm-hmm. was that unfortunately Dripping Springs against Bernie champion or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, you know, there were several upsets. You know, yeah. is, is there one that sticks out? That was probably uh, the one that, yeah, that was the one that probably was one of them that really kind of stuck, stood out. Uh, there's a couple of other ones, like uh, one I remember Coach Cattle mentioned about. We talked about Prosper, who was number one the whole pretty much almost the whole way nationally got, ranked too. Yeah, nationally ranked too. And they got knocked out by, by Flarmone, who was the state champs last year. And, you know, Gripping Springs, I think. You know, when you play a team three times, it's tough. It, it's tough, and and especially at a neutral site, I think Bernie Champion went in with this. Hey, if we can kind of play in intervals and you know and you know just stay within the game and and that's what they did. They stuck around and they were able to tie it. And you know, going into penalty kicks, you know, that like I said, their their uh, goalkeepers look uh, for Dripping Strings and Oklahoma State commit. I thought they would have the advantage, you know, going to PKs because she did a hell of a job last year, especially how they won. But and it's so, a flip of the coin if it goes to yeah. PKs. You know, it's, it's that's just the rule of thumb. Yeah, and that's Royce. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. That's how she made kind of made her name for that. And but like I said, Bernie found a way, and like I said, that was probably the biggest upset here in Region Four. Royce, welcome. Uh, how are how are your Cardinals doing? And how is uh. Uh, the little little slugger doing uh, locally. Uh, Cardinals are fine. Uh, Rex and I had a long day. Sorry, sorry, I'm a little late. Um, <laughs> I was he, late he had, as well, so it's not. Just oh, there you go. Time. He had his uh, he had his first field trip. Um, went to a place called Divine Acres in Divine, Texas, and it's like a farm thing. So we got the I don't know. Learn about farm stuff, and then uh, after that, after that, we went to the zoo. So I have. Uh, let's check. Uh, I have about 12,000 steps in today, so 
uh, we got it kind of laid and I uh, got, oh yeah, there, there he is over my shoulder there. There you go. Um, <laughs> and the little slugger, he's uh T-Ball's, God, T-Ball, it's such a long season, man. It's, we have like three Baseball's more games. Baseball's a long so. season. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited. Um, it's been a while since we've been on one of these, and we have three games to recap. And holy crap, what a week that uh, those three games were! Good, what oh man, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> so the graphics wrong, uh, but this was the starting lineup. <laughs> Good start. Uh, Dylan Collier, <laughs> you know, up top. Yeah. Uh, and that, Manly they, they, was on I, the outside. I will say they keep doing that. Uh, they keep trying to um, say that, you know, SAFC is in a 3-4-3. That's what ESPN Plus always does. Uh, we The entire season, we've been a, in a 3-5-2. Um, and that the three midfielders, that would be um, Abu, PC, and Maloney. Maloney. And that has been the Inside. super strong midfield that we've rolled with uh, most of the season. Um, and it's, I mean. And Manly and Troy have, and I think they misspelled yeah, and, Troy. Yeah, if, Man, if, uh, yeah, they did. You're right. Troyora uh, has an E at the end. Uh, yeah, so, Gigi, but, uh, Gigi on the left and uh, Manly on the right sometimes. Sometimes Gomez is on the right whenever we want a little bit of attacking flair. Um, Taintor, Camiri, Garcia, and Manly, three of those four are going to be in the back. And then, unfortunately, due to injury a lot of this season, but also fortunately because they've been really good, uh, really hard workers, Dylan and Collier up front. So Yes. And to sub so, in, uh, we saw Patino this week. Hopefully we see him back soon. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Um, and Beckford also has um, – he's actually looked really good up front. Um, I think he understands his role now. I think in the beginning, um, I think Loera kind of had something different going, and he tried to fill in that same position as Loera. And that's not what we – I don't think that's what Marcin is asking anymore. I think they just want somebody to go and um, control the ball for a little bit, hold up the ball, maybe go dribble at someone. And we'll talk about that because he's impressed me as well. So go ahead. So this is the highlights. Uh, El Paso, San Antonio on April 16th. Uh, and I know it's been a while when – unfortunately the following day after that was easter right the, after that so we couldn't do the show on easter uh then the open cup game was on on the wednesday um i, I will was, be 100 percent. We i'll be 100 honest with everybody uh this is the closest my voice has been to <laughs> me getting my voice back after wednesday i lost it thursday couldn't talk friday could not talk saturday was kind of getting there and just now we're starting to recover a little bit of it a week later. And so your wife was happy is what I'm, what I'm hearing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> just wow. Uh, so let's get started here. So Prince Jordan four once again, gets the start tonight. A little bit of a different look. They'll go with three midfielders with Connor Maloney, Abu and PC. We'll try to shut down this El Paso attack that has, Already scored 13 times this year, but has conceded 13 times as well. As we're underway, along with the coach, Tim Hankinson, and our entire crew. I'm Dan Weiss. Thanks for joining us here tonight from Toyota Field. And especially because at 1-4, and four, El Paso has already matched the number of defeats they had all of last season. As Carter Manley will get forward, balloons this one to the That was a shot. Yeah. If that would have went in... That, that was impressive. With that left foot, 
Yeah, that uh, yeah, that was square off the post. Um, I, I actually saw that because I was in line at the concession stands trying to get my kid um, some food. But no, that was just a wonderful cross and, uh, and, uh, and a wonderful shot by Traore. That was great. Just off the post. The goalie was beaten. Uh, I think it's Newton, right? Uh, yeah. Newton, uh, Newton was beaten three or four times in this, and only one ended up going in. Uh, we hit two posts, and there's another time where he got beat and the ball just kind of sailed wide. But uh, this, this could have been a very convincing win. Traore will track this one down. Puts it in the That was one there. Maloney. looking for his first goal. Besides the keeper, Evan Newton would be Emmanuel Sonupe. And I believe here's the goal, the 11th minute, right? 26 years of age from England last year playing with Dartford FC yeah. in England. This is where Yuma so gets on skates. Edge of the box attacks. Collier. Puts it. Collier puts it in. That was a beautiful goal. This is Houston on the ball. And San Antonio's up one. Brilliant place. Brilliant place. Brilliant place. Brilliant place. Anything that the defense could have done on that, uh, Rafa? Uh, I, I mean, what can you say about you? <laughs> he was he was beat on that play. I mean, if he – even if, like I said, I think he that one touch there to set up that shot, you know, he, he got you – know, he couldn't defend that and – I think I think had he initiated the defender a little sooner, maybe he would have prevented that shot. And then the goalkeeping, you know, I think he needs to understand that that's where the shot's gonna go, and he, he just was late on the reaction. But the placement was good, so you know, nothing to take away from Collier. I mean, it's just an excellent shot, you know. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a hell of a goal, and and you know, I I, you know, I know there was a picture of Yuma kind of probably sitting right here with with the with the dumb look on his face going. You know, what, do, what do I do? <laughs> so, um, but I think, you know, in listening to um, uh, Seriously Loco, they had issues with their left back, uh, Harry Brockman, not coming back because that's, the, you know, he got uh, pulled pulled too far forward, they thought. Because, um, unfortunately, one-on-one -on -one Yuma mm -hmm. is never winning any 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 of those battles. So, uh, along those lines. Royce, your thoughts on the goal? I mean, their center backs got beat this entire game. The, the, their whole back line looked very disorganized. Um, they did not look comfortable with each other. Um, There's a lot of finger pointing. Um, in this one, Yuma slid over and stopped and kind of expected somebody to be where they never were. And that's why, I mean, Collier made a good move on him, but nobody supported him when he got beat. Um, and that's why, uh, for me, I'm – sitting there right in the front row watching all this happen it's very obvious uh how they're off to such a bad um a bad start their back line is not organized and their midfield is not helping out their back line at all so no. so it kind of it kind of it's a domino effect right their midfield's not strong it's not organized their back line is not strong it's not organized newton's just put out the dry on an island and he and he was constantly put out on an island in this match and it's the same thing that happened in the vegas match that i saw um just vegas would i mean vegas is not that quality of a team and they just constantly went through and 
just beat the back line, and that's why they scored five on them. We could have scored five. We just hit the post and had a couple not go in. So um, El Paso is not looking very strong this season. Not saying that they don't have the talent to. Not saying that later in the season they won't recover. But it just looks disorganized um, right now. El Paso does try to answer back immediately here. Midfielder on the wing who was quality player last year for El Paso's attack is attack certainly hasn't suffered. Brock Bay gets one on but far with the uh, far. save. The flag is up on the rebound. Gets two goals in his first four matches, coach. <laughs> Nearly had a third right there. Uh, almost tops in USL SAFC at 44%, but El Paso completes their passes at 85 I don't think you really heard from they didn't know how to defend it and they got really mixed up on covering you know keeping their shape it's allowed us to have a lot of space especially with the passing you know we're just unlucky hitting the post but you know the way their defense is playing I mean, like I said, for the, if this is how they're going to be this this season, they're in trouble. And it's kind of it's kind of what happened kind of with us last year. You know how our defense was getting kind of exposed, and we made the right changes. You know, because our midfielders weren't going back to help defend, and that got fixed. But you know, and then also you know the new coaching the new coaching staff they have are they are these players adjusting to this new system you know correctly, or are they buying into it? And right now, it seems that they have no confidence in their coach, you know, in regards to the system, and and that's causing a lot of these of these problems for them in the back. And, and I think they're going through a transition uh, right now. There's there's no way through here. Yeah, you can feel all the space, all that space there. And that's why you saw a lot of the Las Vegas games, but they had a lot of space. Yeah, and almost another goal there. San Antonio up one. Garcia put enough English on this ball. He does another post. Hits the woodwork, and Evan Newton saved again by his goalpost for the second time. I think it frustrated me that there was no. Effort. I think this was the game where they had the corner at the half, mm -hmm. and they didn't they didn't try to press it, and then it went to half. And then I think here's where Coutinho just a little heavy on that first touch there, right? Yeah. Or that second touch. Yeah, that first touch kind of betrayed him, uh, and that's kind of just shows the rust uh, that he's had uh, for being out and. Kind of his first match back. Um, yeah. Um, otherwise, I mean, he was in the position. He's in the, He's in that position to score goals. That's what Patino does. He, uh, what do they call him? The raton looking for the cheese. He found the cheese. He just, he's got to get some playing time to put those, uh, put those in. So. So I think to me, the, the thing that stood out, and I'm trying to find it here. So if I can go back. What date was that? That was the 16th, right? Is El Paso had the ball for 64% of the time, 71% in the second half. They managed one total shot and it wasn't even on target. 
uh, for the entire game, they had five shot, uh, five five shots. Um, one, you know, one, one on target where you know we ended up with fifteen total. Uh, ended up, pardon me, with six shots, one on target. We had a total of fifteen shots, seven on target, and you know the other eight were, were off. But to me, this match here just shows the the power of the defense. And one of the things that I think we're going to see a trend here is, you know, especially in the New Mexico match is, is, is the clearances, you know, they'll let you have the ball, they'll let you, and that's where maybe, and, and maybe Royce, you can kind of speak to this a little bit, you know, the XG factor for San Antonio doesn't look great. Um, but when you actually watch them play, I don't think for, at this point for San Antonio FC, I don't think the XG is a fair representation of how of, of how San Antonio's plays because yes, they will give up shots, um, but they're not exactly the most quality shots. Uh, no, even against Austin, players. they're not quality shots. Uh, Austin had two quality shots. Uh, one was saved off the line, and one was a goal. That entire match, <laughs> the entire home twenty minutes, and that's against an MLS side. Um, and that's kind of what San Antonio that's a good is. One, Robert. <laughs> But it's true, and that's unfortunate. Um, the post, the post did have more saves than Newton in that match. Yeah, I think the key factor from that game was we shut down um, uh, Diego Luna. Yeah. And, and so, 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 what happened on that? Um, you know what? I'm gonna relate it to uh, always relate it back to yourself, right? What does Mike Taylor say? Always make it about you. Um, I'm related to something that we have going on at home that's really frustrating. Not, you know, not myself, my literal home, but back in San Antonio. Um, in the last league match for uh, Sooner Yuska, um, Jose Gallegos played as a 10. Mm -hmm. um, and he didn't really see a lot of the ball. He pressed a lot and he was involved a lot. Well, to get him some space and some time, instead of being as the 10, which is where Luna normally is for El Paso, they put him out on the wing so he can get some isolation, he can get the ball, he can run at players. And all that ended up doing was making it really easy to isolate him. We doubled, Where we double-team Luna, they just never passed the ball to Jose, which, I mean, let's let's not talk about that's that. A that's a whole separate discussion. That's super why frustrating. That's why they're going down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, yeah, for, yeah. And then you're going to give your best player two minutes to try to type embarrassing. Anyway, that's pretty much what's going on with Luna is that he's normally in the middle with Lucho. And that's what happened last season was it was, you can either, if you cover Lucho, if you double team Lucho, we got Luna, he's going to create havoc. If you double team Luna, well, there's Lucho. He, uh, He's going to create havoc by himself. And that's why that system worked with Lori. Well, with the new coach, Hutchinson, he has Luna out wide to try to get some space and some time by himself so he can dribble in and create. That just makes it super easy to double team him. And that's what we did. We had uh, Triore and, and PC on him on the left. And then when he switched sides, you had Gomez and uh, Abu on him on the right. And it was just double team after double team. And he couldn't do anything. And he got so frustrated um that isn't then he get a red card at the very end for descent well he got two yellows so, uh, yeah well a second minute, yellow yeah. with within within a couple of minutes yeah one at what 96 or 95 minutes and then one immediately after yep after the whistle and i don't a lot of people that me and rafa caught it 
but yeah. a lot of people didn't catch it like the press right. row yeah uh, i sent a message to seriously loco saying it hey, wasn't on red. it wasn't televised the second yellow wasn't televised right. and that's why uh but yeah because they went I to mean, the coach being at the match you know, yeah celebrating like they normally do so yeah and then yeah. it wasn't on any of the um game sheet because technically it happened after the game but you know yeah and i know seriously loco is like well how can you get a red card after the match well, you can technically get a red card until the referees leave the pitch. That's correct. That's and correct. So, and of course, he ended up missing, you know, this past week's match. But um, I thought for El Paso, uh, like it was a quality win. Uh, you know, the goals are gonna come. Um, you know, we can see it. We can see it coming. Um, but to me, the big thing is, is it, this defense is on par with 2017, if not maybe even a hair a hair better. Um, at this point now, they got to play the year out uh, for here. But at this point in, in the early season, the defense has been very impressive. There's there's no way to sugarcoat it. I'm I okay. I, I guess we're gonna move on to the. Uh, I'll make my I'll make my point after we get to the Austin match because there's a really big point I want to make, and it involves. Hey, look how organized the midfield is. Look how good they are. Right now, what we have going on uh, that is very interesting that we have been asking for, and good Lord, is it being delivered. The midfield is playing so well, connecting with the our wingbacks. There's so much passing in and passing out and passing triangles on the sides to create space, to create time, to let other players go forward and to get on the ball. We look, I mean, San Antonio looks damn good right now. And it's because of somebody who set up a really good system. And we're going to get to that after the Austin match that I want to make a huge point and to tell everybody I told you so. So uh, buckle <laughs> up for that one. So let's continue. So the Austin match, there is no video, unfortunately, with U.S. soccer. There's no previews, anything along those lines. Um, first half, not a lot of... Uh, the biggest chance that happened in the first half, um, Austin created, uh, they came down the left side. They found a lot of space. It was Fagundes, who was obviously dangerous in the entire match. Um, a ball leaked to the goal line. It wasn't a very strong shot. And Gigi Traore cleared it off the line. And the Mitch Tainer cleared his clearance uh, even further out. That was the biggest, um, the biggest chance in the first half. And that's pretty much all. All you need to talk about in the first half was it was a stalemate. Um, nobody really got anything going. Um, but it was and, an uh, even own. That's the that's the big thing you take out of that first half. Was that it was even? Yeah, it was very even in the first half. And 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 San Antonio and Austin, they both really started pretty strong lineups. Both teams. It wasn't a. It wasn't like um, Columbus Crew against Detroit City where they literally played Columbus Crew started 11 brand new players that they'd never played that had never played an MLS match. Um, Austin played a pretty strong lineup. They had I mean they had so well, I, I got the their 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 most expensive DP is out because of a domestic violence charge which and that's on the team that's on that guy F that guy apparently. Um uh, but they had um, Jerusi, whatever his name is. He's Sebastian Jerusi. They had yeah. Ethan Finley. They had Diego uh, Fungus. Uh, Danny yeah. Hosen up top, which is mm -hmm. a young kid that they like. Um, you know, in the midfield uh, or, you know, backline, you know, defensive, they had uh, Philippe Martins and uh, Johan Valencia. 
uh, Colmack, uh, Kip Keller, which I really like. He's a, he's a rookie uh, center back. Julio Cascante and Hector Jimenez on oh, there. Cascante on everybody's. Oh, Cascante is on everybody's crap list in San Antonio. And laugh. All right, continue. And then the goalkeeper was Andrew Tar uh, Tarbell, who is the backup and who who is a step down from Stover. Uh, you know, there, there's no way to sugarcoat it. They were missing Ring. They were missing a couple. But this was a quality lineup that that Josh Wolf brought down. It was a lineup that I think if you ask most Austin FC fans prior to the match, they would have thought that this lineup would have dominated San Antonio FC. Uh, San Antonio FC uh, <laughs> went with Jordan Farr, Tanner, Garcia, Manley, Gomez, uh, Jordan, uh, Iambilla, PC, um, Beckford, and um, uh, what's his name? Um Hernandez, uh, the FC. Dallas yeah, Mo. Player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mo. No, it's not Mo. Um, no, um, oh my God. I just, yeah, it's Mo, isn't it? Oh, no, God. Yeah. The new kid from, from FC Dallas. Yeah. F uh, Nikki, uh, uh, Nikki. Nikki. There you go. Nikki Hernandez. Well, it's Thank honestly you. have it as D Hernandez, and I know he doesn't go by D. I know he goes That's by correct. D. That's correct. Yeah. And then yep. up top, uh, Dylan and Collier uh, started out the match. Um, so like I said here, that was pretty much one of our, uh, a very strong lineup you could say for San Antonio as well, uh, it, with not that, the, but I, not I, their first team. As right. Well. Correct. That's correct. Not, it's a strong lineup, but not the strongest lineup, which is very interesting. Uh, uh Nicky Hernandez, that was his first start with San Antonio FC. Um, I thought he did well. I know a lot of the ratings didn't rate him well, but I thought, I thought he held his own. He, he, I mean, as advertised, very aggressive in the midfield, very aggressive on the press, um, very physical player. I was, I was very impressed by him. Um, at the same time, yeah, Fagundes, he embarrassed himself completely. I mean, <laughs> soccer. Oh, I got to see if I can find football, yeah. football and soccer Instagram all over the world picked up that very late <laughs> Fabian Garcia, Diego Fagundes. Uh, poop housery, shit housery. Yeah, now that was embarrassing. He goes and headbutts Garcia, and then they both go down because, yeah. Anyway, um, Ayimbla on the left, not our starting left back. Uh, Triori is, but um, we'll talk about that later. Triori did come in later. And then Nicky Hernandez in the midfield along PC. That's not necessarily, you know, that's not a boo. That's not uh, Maloney. Um, and then, uh, yeah, uh, Beckford, um, Collier, and Dylan up front, not exactly, like I said, not exactly the our strongest lineup either, but a good lineup. Same thing with Austin FC, a strong, a very strong lineup, uh, a lineup that you would see in an MLS match later this season, uh, but not their strongest either. So, at half, uh, they did make subs. Uh, uh, Trori came in for Jordan uh, on you know, on the wing there. Uh, Abu came in for PC and Maloney came in for Beckford. What that tells me is that Marcina, yes, he wanted to win, but he was also rotating his lineup to save to, to save minutes, you know, especially in the midfield side along those lines. Now, the guys up front, not a lot of relief, uh, unfortunately, for them. Um, other ha subs here. Unfortunately, uh, Troy went out in the 65th minute due to an injury. 
and uh, Academy kid, uh, was it Hendrick Shakshog? Uh, came yeah. in uh, and went for his what, second uh, his, his second open cup match. And, and yeah. Went 60 minutes mm-hmm. and then Patino came in at the 60th minute and then uh, in the 105th minute to in extra time uh, we got our know, sixth sub. came in yeah. for Dylan who was just exhausted at that point. Yeah and that so, was our sixth sub. That's uh, That might be the first time we've ever been able to use the sixth yeah. sub. Yeah so so interesting, uh, interesting, a uh, trivia fact there. First time San Antonio FC has ever been able to use a six sub. Um, the legendary coming out night, of the locker uh, room, though, when we uh, smoked the trees uh, on 420. The uh, uh, Austin FC got a goal in the 47th minute, and it was pretty much immediate that after after the uh, kickoff here, uh, DeRussi to uh, uh, Diego Fanuz, um, goal in the 47th minute. Um, I ended up leaving about the 75th minute just because AJ was exhausted and, and, you know, up for school and had a middle school game in the sun and he was just, he was worn out. Um, but while I was walking to the car way, way, way past uh, hero stadium, uh, you hear the roar, uh, Rafa, what do you remember about that goal from Elliot Collier in the 82nd minute with the assist from Justin Dillon? Uh, looking in as for after the first goal that we gave up, you know, we started kind of, kind of fighting, fighting. You know, we just kept on fighting. You know, I was remember telling the we're, 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 uh, who was the person that was next to me. I told we're gonna score one, and we were getting chances. We we're just we we're, we're getting closer and closer, and finally, uh, that little cross, and then the little cheeky little the one touch into the net, and that was a tough angle shot because that that was a. That could have angled out and hit the post, and but you got to give it a collier. He, he's been he's been a man child with a lot of these sh- these little shots, and and there right there after we scored the first goal, you can kind of sense Austin was in trouble because they were like, okay, uh, what's going on here? And that goal really lifted the team and the stadium, though. See. The whole stadium basically that lifted the team and yeah and we just took it to the next level as play i mean they started sacrificing throwing their bodies out you know even into overtime and until we finally got that second one in you know and just show how much heart this the, these players have and i mean this is probably one of the best game, games they've played this season is they, they showed the grit that's the thing they came back you know, I know we lost to the Phoenix game. We were sh- really shorthanded on that game. Had we had our players, maybe that had been different. But this show Dylan's this Dylan's undefeated when he plays. Yeah. We're undefeated. Yeah, and we there was no quit on this team, and I think that lifted them like the team to say, "Hey, you know what? We can win this game." And we said, "So now we have, I guess, have the result for that when we got the second goal." And, and I will say before I go to you, Royce here. 72nd minute, Austin made a change, but they, you know, the 64th minute, they took out uh, Cascante, put in Ruben Gabrielson. 72nd minute, they brought out Drusi, brought in Daniel Pereira, who's a good one. Uh, 72nd minute, Hosen came out for um, uh, Max, uh, Max uh, Uridi, who's played for all of the uh, Texas MLS teams. Yeah, Arudi's uh, uh, one of the, Arudi, like Fagundes, a very, and he caused some problems. Uh, yeah, a, a very good MLS player. Yeah, a very good quality MLS player that has made a really nice career for himself in the MLS because of his quality. 
really good player. And that's kind of, I mean, like I said, Austin FC put put in a really good lineup and they subbed really subbed in top players as well to go for it. It just wasn't good enough. So after that, then, you know, in the 90th minute, they brought in Rodney Redis, which is probably, if you ask most Austin FC fans, probably a huge disappointment. Um, and then they also did bring on an academy kid, Owen Wolf, uh, you know, which is the coach's son um, in the 105th minute here. But uh, Royce, your thoughts on the goal in the 96th minute uh, by Car- uh, Carter Manley uh, with the assist from uh, the great Mitchell Tainer? So I'm going to go over all three goals. And to be fair, they brought in the coach's son. We brought in the GM son. So mm. little, like for little like. nepotism, little nepotism. Yeah, like for like. There you go. It was an agreement before the game. Uh, let's go through all three uh, goals real quick. Uh, Austin's goal, um, there was a cross brought in um, from, I believe, the right side. Um, and Moa Boo was there and failed to clear. Uh, he hit a header straight up in the air right to an Austin FC player. That pass eventually makes its way to Fagundes. Fagundes puts it in the top right-hand corner. Uh, Beach Jordan far, they go up one nothing. Um, San Antonio created a couple of really good chances. There was one that was across from the right side that Dylan let go because I think he thought Collier was behind him, that all Dylan had to do was get a touch on, and that's a goal. There was a clear chance, and I was in the bunker at this point, and I saw Dylan's eyes just look like, I just let that go. That that was the game tying goal. Oh my God. You know, and that told me two things. It was holy crap, I could have scored. And number two was, wow, that's really disappointing. And you can kind of tell that kind of sparked something in him. And and maybe five minutes later in the 82nd minute, uh, Dylan gets a pass from Maloney. And that was a, a midfield play. Um uh, Maloney comes back, he passes it through four, three or four Austin FC players to find Dylan. Dylan kind of stumbles, um, does a head shake, goes uh, to the end line, brings that cross in to Collier, which I'm not going to lie, Collier may have been slightly offside or he was just <laughs> on the back shoulder. Um, and he got that touch and um, uh, Tartable um, let it go and went out, kissed off the post and went in. And uh, Toyota Field went nuts. Um, I've only ever heard it louder a couple times that we're going to talk about here in a little bit but it went nuts um and that was with the austin section um not making a peep um the old uh it's all gone quiet over there um (laughs) and then um end of regulation kind of ends in a fury uh austin trying to find the winning goal we go to extra time um and uh, San Antonio FC ends up scoring the game winning, what ended up being the game winning goal that comes from a corner. It gets cleared out a boo. Um, and this was shades of the um, uh, San Diego loyal, the playoff match against San Diego loyal where Mo just puts this cross up that just seems to float in the air and is completely defeating gravity by floating. Uh, Taintor's over there on the left side, heads it in. Um, which is exactly what's designed. The keeper comes out at um, Taynor looking for a shot. It comes across right to Carter Manley, and Manley sticks it against the post right in the corner where he needs to. And it's 2-1, boys. And that was probably the loudest I've ever heard um, Toyota field. Um, my goodness. Uh, what a moment. What an absolute moment. What chaos. Wow. Wow. Um, like I said, I'm just getting my voice back from it a week later. Uh, that was nuts. Um, 
And then to end the game in a fury, um, Austin tries to find the drawing goal. We're down to 10 men because of an injury. Uh, I think it was Patino, Patino. was off. Yeah. Uh, so we only had 10 men. Um, we basically had nine and a half because an Austin FC player came in and tried to uh, try to take a close shot. Far saved, but the Austin FC player stayed in Far's lap, so he could not get up. He did not have his legs available, so we did all he could do to get his hands up, and the, the secondary shot comes in and goes right into Far's glove. He holds it. He and Taynor um, celebrate because they know that's pretty much it. And, yep, that's all she wrote. Fat Lady Sings. Um, San Antonio gets to enjoy some, uh, what did I call it, collective catharsis. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we all we all know that MLS team should be in San Antonio. Um, instead, it's the MLS franchise is in Columbus uh, because MLS decided to appease a billionaire instead of follow their own rules. And San Antonio is still very pissed off about that um, to the point where the mayor marched in with us of San Antonio because he's so pissed. We're off gonna get that. to that. So, that we're, we're gonna yeah. get to that because um, that's a whole separate discussion. I got yeah. the angry, here. angry, uh, happy now, so. but still angry. Um, yeah, and then yeah, we need to talk about um, what happened with the supporters group as well, which is unfortunate, and we all need. And this is what I was telling. I, I was talking to the supporters groups. I saw the Mission City guys outside. I was like, man. We all just need to have a conversation. They're like, no, we're not going anymore. I'm like, I, I get it. I get your piss. We just need to have this conversation. Something happened. There was some miscommunication. Obviously, uh, uh, the cops took uh, took advantage of a situation and escalated it further instead of de-escalating it. No way. I don't believe you. That never happens. Um, but we all need to have a conversation about that. But the big thing, yeah, there you go. So let me read it here, and I'm going to go to Rafa because Rafa has more connections uh, about this here. So from the Crocketeers board of directors, I haven't seen one from 210 or Mission City. Um, Rafa may be able to even be able to do it, but from the Crocketeers board of directors, in response to incidents that occurred in the supporters bunker during the April 20th Open Cup game at Toyota Field between San Antonio FC and Austin FC, uh, robust supporter culture and fan engagement is a key element to the success of a soccer club. Helping cheer on the ba uh, on the team when they are down and celebrating their accomplishments when the team performs well. Having a passionate supporter group section takes years to build and energy to sustain. Many have called supporters groups the heart and soul of the club. The events that occurred Wednesday night were the result of unclear communication about expectations and what is allowed in the supporters section. Changes in enforcement of policies from a historical perspective, changes in hired personnel, and a lack of de-escalation by security presence in the bunker. To add insult to the injury, there was a clear difference in what was allowed in the home supporter section versus the away supporter section. Um, as a result, some long-term supporters from various groups uh, no longer feel welcomed at Toyota Field. The Crocketeers are asking that uh, the San Antonio front office attempt to rectify the events of Wednesday's night by opening up dialogue with the specific parties involved to prevent future uh, is uh, issues. We are also asking for clear communication about what is allowed and what is not allowed in the bunker as well as clear communication about what supporters knew the bunker should expect in that specific uh, section. We have requested that these expectations should be prominently posted at the entrance to the supporters bunker. Finally, we're asking for clear and consistent training for all security personnel, including regular employees and, co and contracted security. 
with a detail consistently assigned to the supporters bunker. Our goal is the resolution is that the best interests of all parties, we are confident that an open dialogue with the uh, between the impacted parties will result in rebuilding and strengthening passionate support for our city and our club, San Antonio FC. I will also add, I want, I am part of Los Verdes just because you know I have a lot of friends and I want to kind of help support them. I don't support the club, but I do support you know support what they're trying to build up in Austin. I warned them about San Antonio FC's security system with away supporters just from dealing with, you know, the stampede, dealing with the bold supporters along those lines. This is an issue that has been front and center, but this is the first time and it's not the first time for, you know, for, you know, for our supporters here, but I think this was the biggest miss, I guess you could say, uh, when it comes to what should have been outside of the NASL title uh, back in 2014, uh, the biggest night in San Antonio soccer history, uh, beating Austin FC. And you could probably add in, you know, beating Houston, but Houston doesn't have that that connection that, that Austin and San Antonio FC does. I hate to say it, it's, it's a little bit marred uh, by here. Rafa, I know you're close with a lot of the Mission City 118, uh, you know, supporters. With your ties over there, uh, you know, you know, and your thoughts on on the situation, um, you know, just just because you do have experience with them, you do know the individuals that are involved, and I hate to say it, it just wasn't a pretty situation for San Antonio FC in general. I, I, I think you know, after a few days, kind of looking over the situation and so forth, I think. You know, we're also reading the Crocker's uh, Crocketeers um, statement. You know, they did touch on about the security, and I I wonder if SAFC really talks to the security and also to even the sheriff's department because there are sheriff's deputies there. Uh, what the soccer culture is in, in pertaining to a supporter group, and I think for what I heard, there was a lot of overreaction from security and from, and from the, and from the, and from the sheriff's deputies. Um, that has, that goes to the responsibility of SAFC as far as, you know, maybe, maybe what they need to do is sit down with them and explain, Hey, this is going to be our, a lively group. <laughs> you know, these are, if you look at any supporter group, whether it's here, Austin, Houston, Mexico, Argentina, Europe, it's when you're having an ultra group or supporter group, it's going to be intense. It's going to be because they're trying to, their energy is trying to feed them to the players. And that, and I think maybe some people don't understand that culture. And I think that's something maybe they need to introduce to them right prior to games that, hey, this is what you expect from the, this area. Just be aware of that. Don't take it personal. Don't think it's this. Now, I can understand if there's a fight in there. Okay, yeah. Go in there, take care of what you need to take care of and so forth. But, exactly. You know, but, you know, I think they felt, you know, thrown under the bus because, Austin, you know, Los Verdes were doing – and there, like I said, there was a picture of someone tearing up a, a, a chair, throwing beer throwing up that. And, I'm going to push back on the chair thing because last year my chair broke. Yeah. So from my understanding, they were standing on it. You know, if you sat on it right – that section hasn't been through there. So I, I won't go as far as to say that yeah. they vandalized it. 
but 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 it's but that 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 doesn't matter how how the how the chair got there you could overreact and say you could overreact and say they're destructing the field um at the same time they very visibly were throwing beer there was a I don't know, it was like the seventh minute or something where they all decided, uh, you know, there was a big celebration over there and there was beer thrown everywhere. And that was the big con- point of contention with a lot of the cops is, oh, they threw beer. They need to get out of here. The mayor got, it's like, no, well, dude, it's happening on both sides. Like if, if you're not going to go to one side and, and the, the excuse that I heard was, oh, there's too many of them. What are you talking about? what are you talking about like that's that's not even a good excuse anywhere that's actually more important to control them if they're a larger group because you want a larger group to be more peaceful it's just it was bonkers and it was it was unnecessary uh by the cops and i don't um, think we've ever had any problems in as far as in the bunker with it with any of the groups with them amongst each other there's, there's never no. been an issue the last incident was <laughs> the gardener 19 yeah yeah and um, wasn't that it wasn't even at a match it was uh no it there was, was uh, at a supporters match. oh was it it was at so, a match okay a couple punches were thrown and, um just w- yeah. it wasn't a good situation uh, right you know, but that's that it, you know yeah you know and that's it you know the situation with this you know I, th- I think they're doing a good job as far as within the groups there in the bunker to kind of police themselves i think they respect one another as far as some things i think you know, what I think the big the big thing is, you know, those security guards and the and the cops, you know, overreacted instead of you know why should they be overreacting over the home crowd? There should be more overreacting to the away crowd, and that's why they felt they got thrown under the bus and all that. And you know, whatever they decide on to do, you know, moving forward and. I know there were some that were discussing about wanting them to come back, and I, and I don't blame them for that. That's their prerogative, you know. And you know, if they feel that way, you know, you, you can't change that, you know. And then maybe they don't feel safe with those type of security or 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 cops, you know. It, it just takes the fun away of being an actual supporter group and so forth. So I don't know what SAFC is going to do about it, but you know, hopefully some things are resolved and. You know, in order for, you know, like we mentioned, we're, we're trying to put numbers on the bunker and all that to make it grow. But I think this I mean, this could be a big setback from this. And it's we're gonna, it's going to have an impact from my understanding, at least for this game. It's yeah. going to be a little bit different in, in the supporters group. And, and that's not at the direction of SAFC. That's at the direction of, of the supporters. And I do want to make sure if any of the players are listening, this isn't something that they're doing to not support the San Antonio FC players. Um, you know, any of the, uh, all of the supporters that I know of that, that were involved in this situation, like Robert, um, who, who left early uh, on that match, just, you know, as you mentioned, you know, security was picking fights and, and versus trying to deescalate that Robert, one of the most passionate supporters of San Antonio FC left one of the biggest games and you know he did it on his own just because how our supporters were were being treated and to me the other issues that i have clothing that some members were wearing that they wore all year all of a sudden was an issue people taking off their shirt all of a sudden is an issue i i remember 
uh, you know, when back he, in 118, half of the guys didn't have shirts on yeah. it in the first place. That's correct. Stendhal, Stendhal, the capo, constantly without the shirt because he, I mean, he was standing well, we, up the whole time and sweating his butt now. off. And, 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 and that's, and that, that's those the are the issue. double standards. That That's what I heard. And those are the double standards that make me mad. And that's why, I, I mean, I'm going to contact Paler. Um, for a first match and have that conversation being, being in the 118 for the you know for the first four years you know i i can can tell you you know a lot of the times the security did pick on us because they didn't understand what a supporter group was about um you know when when you watch any soccer game when someone scores a goal you know everyone's gonna take off their shirts they do it in europe they do it in south america in mexico you know as long as we don't have a situation what happened in Querétaro, we're fine you know, but there's no reason for security to be picking on, you know, supporter groups. They're there for the players. They're there for the team, you know, to cheer them on, you know, get their, you know, that energy to give them, to motivate them. And I think they need to be educated what the soccer culture is about. And and when they have that understanding, then they'll, they'll be cool with it. Because really around within, within the supporter groups, they all police each other. If someone does get out of hand, well, so they're going to take care of that. You know, you don't need security. We can take care of it. Unless something really de-escalates, then we'll go ahead and bring, you know. you know. But there's a lot of responsibility within the, the supporter groups policing themselves, you know. But I think I think they really need a look as far as the big But pressure. I think they are trying to do that, though, nowadays. Yeah. Is, it's, this isn't the supporter groups of... These aren't hooligans. These aren't hooligans. These aren't these aren't Russian and English fans. One eighteen couldn't get along. Yeah, this this isn't that at this point. We we've all matured. There's been you know unfortunately people have left. People have moved on. It's a smaller group. They've worked. They're working more together now than they ever have. Yeah. And to me, the feeling that there's a feeling out there among some supporters, and I don't necessarily buy into this. But I can definitely see where it feels like is that it almost feels like San Antonio wants the pictures of the supporters, you know, like when they had Mayor, yeah. Mayor, you know, Mayor Ron uh, walking in with the supporters group, right? But yet don't want the actual supporters' experience. That's correct. So you can't that, have it both ways. Yeah, and, and and that that was a really frustrating part, and that was a huge frustrating part for I know a lot of the supporters being around them, being in the group. Um, was that they were, you know, security was letting a lot of Austin FC fans even go into the bunker. They were letting them go wherever they wanted to go. And it was like, this, these are the people you need to keep separated. You need to separate the two sides. You don't have them come together. You separate the two sides. What they do in the bunker, if there's not a fight, you know, there's going to be smoke bombs. There's going to be beer. That's it's going to be loud. Those are the three things that you can expect there. If if you know if there's a fight, sure. But that's what the club needs to really communicate with their security detail, and the security detail is part of the responsibility of the club. Is that they need to communicate that your biggest thing is to keep the opposing fans from this group, just keep them away, and they weren't doing that. Even at the Crocketeers tailgate, they had security. They had mayor detail. They had the mayor's security detail. They had security at the tailgate. And there were Austin FC fans just willy-nilly walking up. And everyone's like, they can't be here. If you're going to separate the tailgates back when it was um, – um, uh, Yeah, RGV, whenever you ha- you wanted to try to – 
you got to separate the Austin FC. Yeah, you have to separate the Austin FC fans from coming to the to this uh, to the San Antonio tailgate. Like the mark was completely missed by the club. The mark was completely missed by the security that the club hired, and the club needs to do better. Security needs to do better. Um, at the same rate, man, I hope we get the supporters back that feel really disenfranchised by this, and I feel for them. Uh, I spoke with a lot of them after the match. They're pissed, and they have every right to be they pissed. Right they feel like be, they yeah. got picked on. And they, the biggest thing, they don't feel safe going to a, a San Antonio FC game anymore. They don't feel safe. They feel like they're going to get picked on by the cops. They don't have um, a- there, were, there were two people nearly arrested at the match for doing what they've done every week. Like, it made no sense. And they did the same thing that, the, like I said, they're doing the same thing that the Austin FC fans are doing. Austin FC was let let you know let them go in their two sections while in the in the supporters group it sucked um and i'm gonna call out for this this is a thing that i wanted to do uh listeners please join me i'm gonna do it at the match there's probably not gonna be a lot of people i hope there are i'm gonna message the cracketeers about it because i think the supporters punch is gonna be empty but in the 18th minute for the entire 18th minute stand up and just clap and that's going to be my support for the supporters groups because I don't think they're going to be in the bunker uh, for the Monterey game. But I'm going to stand when the clock strikes 18. I'm going to stand and I'm going to clap for Mission City 118 because I'm going to be in solidarity with those guys because it, it sucks. It, it, it really pissed me off. And now that I have my voice back, I can actually call on the phone mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm going to call and I'm going to see who I can talk to because it, it, it sucked. It, it, it really put a black eye on a one of the best days in this club's history and it it sucked there's no ifs and or buts it it, it sucked i mean i, I was just disheartened to, to see what here all that because like i said they're you know i'm not part of the group but they're still my brothers and mm-hmm. you know and for them to be treated that way you know there's there's no reason for it was no reason for that and you know hopefully cooler heads will prevail out of this and you know, some soul searching from both, you know, from really from SAFC, you know, FO, you know, and really kind of think about, you know, what can they do to really unify this? Because, you know, you, that's the last thing you want to do is disenfranchise your 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 fans. And I think well, this is a similar situation that happened with, uh, with, uh, with, uh, with RGV when their fans walked out in one of mm-hmm. the, I think, the SAFC game. The Stampede, yeah. Yeah, yeah the Stampede. And, you know they were, you know they were disrespected and they were getting picked on by, I guess, by their own cops or. And there's been issues in El Paso as well, so I don't know what's changed in USL this year. It's changed. It's changed in US soccer, and it is the scenes from Get It that all everybody is so paranoid about that same thing happening here that people are going to extreme lengths. At the same time. There needs to be a conversation. You can't just spring all this crap on, and it's the same crap that's happened in RGV, same crap that's happened in El Paso. Same thing's happening in San Antonio. Is there is this huge fear? There's a huge fear from clubs that the same thing's going to happen. You know, um, that. But the thing is, that they're like in Mexico. You know, they took the shortcut as far as security. Yeah. Here, we take shortcuts here. No. And the biggest thing, the the biggest thing that could have prevented that was separate the fans, period. 
what's the one thing they did that the security failed to do in the Austin match? I mean, El Paso, no, no one's going to pay attention. What's the number one thing they failed to do during the Austin match? Separate the fans. And that's where the violence wasn't in. It wasn't in, you know, the supporter group versus supporter, supporter group of the same. Yeah, it, 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 it wasn't. Was, yeah, it was supporter group on supporter group violence. It was right. fans of one team versus fans of another um, just fighting it out. That was the big thing that they needed to pay attention to. That was the big thing they failed to do. And instead, it seemed like they were just picking on the San Antonio FC supporters. And it was – and even the mayor ended up in a suite. He wasn't even in the, the supporters group the entire – I don't get it. I, I don't get what they were doing. I, But like I said, now that I have my voice back, I'm going to call. I'm going to have that conversation. I'm angry. I'm still angry about it. It, it. it sucks. It sucks that my, you know, my San Antonio FC brothers – don't feel safe going to a match anymore. That's that's not that's not what you want. So I'm gonna have that conversation at the same time. 18th minute. Well, I guess it would be the 19th minute because it's gonna say 18 up on the board. But 18 when 18 hits, I'm gonna stand up and clap in support. So join me if you'd like. And I and I do think because I've talked to uh, the Profiteer supporters uh, or primary leadership. And I know Matt's mentioned that they've had conversations with with SAFC. Um, last report that I have that I have is San Antonio FC hasn't came to the table as of yet. Now this was a couple of days ago, um, so things could have changed. But all of the supporters groups are watching what you're going to do, San Antonio FC. Um, you know, you blew it that night. Don't compound it by trying to just sweep it under the rug like Austin FC podcasts are about, you know, San Antonio, you know, San Antonio beating them. You know, they're, they're hardly covering that match at all. But don't compound it because if you staying silent, this issue isn't going away. Um, you know, you know, you know, for that here. Um, there, there are some changes that needs to happen. Now, I'm not part of the Crocketeers leadership. I'm not part of 210, you know, leadership. I'm not part of there. So I only hear from, you know, when I ask, hey, how's, how's the situation going? But when the Crocketeers are saying, hey, we haven't got the answers that they're looking for, you know, based on the last information that I have, that's not a good look for, you know, for a game that, uh, you know, that's what, two days, three days from now? Yeah. Um, the best thing for San Antonio FC is, <clears throat> as I hate to say it, is after this week, they're back away. You know, they're back out on the road. For, you know, for two weeks, um, so they've still got time to try to to try to work work whatever the the resolution is between the supporters groups and and, and SAFC. Um, final thoughts on 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 the match uh, for us and FC before we uh, move to New Mexico. A revenge will sweep. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I loved what the uh, the San Antonio FC social media team did. They uh, they actually absolutely came out on fire. The point that I wanted to make, I know we just went through a really depressing kind of thing. That you know, a little family time, a little uh, family talk that we need uh, to have, obviously. Um, and I also encourage everybody listening to this: call your ticket rep, call. Call the San Antonio front office and have that conversation. Just be like, you guys need to make some sort of statement apologizing to the supporters groups, 
We need to have a conversation about what happened that game, and we need to learn from it, and we need to be better about it. Um, supporters yeah, groups are the, ba- are the backbone. Yeah, I there does. There really does. Is, and, there has to be a public. St- this yep. isn't something that you can just sweep. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, admitting guilt or anything along those lines. Exactly. Something just saying, hey, we're aware that there was an issue. That's correct. We're working on it. You know, admit there's an issue. And to that's correct. It. That's correct. And that's all we ask. Um, and I, like I said, and I hope of the supporters can join, you know, I, I hope they'll come back, man, because I hope they feel safe. And that's, that's a big thing is I think San Antonio FC needs to demonstrate that they'll be safe um, in, in the environment that they're used to. The big point that I was going to make, let me try to get all the energy back. Let me try to get all the good vibes back. Let me get everything. The top three nights. Can you tell me the top three nights and the one thing they've had in common, um, the top three nights in Toyota Field history and the one thing they have all had in common? November 15th, 2014, Scorpions win the NASL uh, National Championship. Um, I don't know the exact date, uh, but I could look it up. Um, The second round win against RGV FC in the 2021 playoffs to go to the conference final. And um, April 20th, 2022, a win in the Open Cup against Austin FC. Sweet, sweet revenge. What do those three matches have in common, boys? I know. Do you know? Do you know, Rafa? We had the biggest crowd in all three games. No, no. Coach Marcina. Coach Coach Alan Marcina, the guy who I clamored for, the guy who I wanted as a head coach when they announced they were making a change. That's the guy I wanted. That's my guy. He is hard-nosed. He is going to bring a strong midfield. He is going to bring a strong back line, and we're going to counter. And how good does this team look right now? My goodness. The one time that we have not looked good, we still were tied at the half. We ended up giving two late goals up, and that was because we had an academy kid on that. No, we weren't tied at the half. We let let in a goal right at the end. No, no, I stand corrected. You're right. Uh, We are tied at the half. We haven't lost the first half. We have not lost the first half all season. Players. this team, yeah, we just we were too injured and we didn't have enough players. That's what happened in that match. Other players, <laughs> yeah. Like I said, Dil- Dylan's undefeated when he, yeah. And I, I know we touched base on this the last time we were on. Dylan has, and I know you mentioned that that he's grown in in, in into his role and and into the. He's been unbelievable this season. Unbelievable performances, every one by Dylan. But. And he finally, uh, well, we'll get to his first goal coming up now. But Alan Marcina, man, that was my guy. I'm so happy he's the manager. Shout out to Alan. Dude, keep going. It's my great. only issue with the hire is because he was already on staff, is why didn't they make the move earlier than what they did? That that's that because... was my only that was my only complaint. Okay. Why didn't they do it earlier? So you wanted more Alan Marcina? I'm not gonna complain at that. Yeah, I, I wanted because I, I, I honestly think it's they, a lot they, of yeah, you know, what if so, but yeah, it's just, right. I, I honestly think they wanted to give Powell. Um, I mean, Powell deserved a lot. He's our first manager. He did yes. great. Twenty seventeen was he, he established unbelievable. A lot. Yeah. Um, he, he just lost the. I think he just lost the support of the of the players. I, I I don't I don't even know if it was losing the. I don't I don't 
I don't think he ever oh. lost the locker room. What I think happened was just I, I think he went searching for answers and he and he looked in the in the wrong direction. I think he tried to go more offensive mm-hmm. when he needed to go more defensive. Um, one of the big things that we kept getting killed on, if you guys remember, um, Jack Barnby, they had him play left back. Like he would come back to left back in defense and then he'd go in the midfield to help out in the midfield. That didn't work out. There was a lot of things that just didn't quite work out for Pal. Like you get it on paper, but it it just never it, it never took off. Johnson, when we had him on the left defense, and then we had the then we yeah. had what was it? Um, and then and Lance Lang, uh, whenever we had that super hot streak, yeah. he was up on the left wing and he was mashing him in from the left wing. And the next season, he plays as a left back, and he's not a left back man. That that kid's a killer. Why are you having him? At, and that's kind of how it went. It was just kind of players out of position, et cetera, et cetera. You bring Alan Marcina in. It is a very simple um, system, a system that continues to evolve. And now that the midfield connects really well with the wingers, the midfield connects with itself. You have two players that run all over the place up front that can also hold up the ball. The team's looking good, man. Team's looking great. And they look they're looking great after Wednesday going into a Saturday match that we expected everyone to be tired and not to do well in and seen. And then Harry taking the level hour drive. <laughs> yeah, I, I won't lie. For real, how, okay, how many bathroom breaks and how much did you spend on gas? Those are my two questions. Uh, I haven't counted the gas, but because it was <laughs> four something. So good lord. It was. Probably, did you did you take your truck? No, we we oh, actually okay, rented good. a we we rented a car. Smart. Uh, That's very smart. Because my car's got over a hundred and some thousand miles on it, and oh wow, I was like, if it breaks down, we're gonna be paying that money anyways. That's <laughs> so, correct. That's correct. Yeah. So yeah. Did you get uh? Did you did you get the fastest car ever made in in uh? No, in I history? asked for a full size car. And no, I mean, I mean, uh, me a, a, a rental car. Process. Everybody knows a rental car is the fastest car known to man because you're just going to step on the gas and it doesn't matter how fast you go. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. It was just me and AJ. It's our first trip. If I get a ticket on that, oh, wow. it's the last trip. <laughs> eh. <laughs> so yeah. it's not like you're gonna get a ticket so on i-10 anyway speed, the, uh, speed limit's like 90 on i-10 anyway going to el paso so. well it was 80 but yeah i did i did the um i averaged the the speed limit plus nine so if i was gonna get dinged it wasn't gonna be and i'm sure you were getting passed at going only nine ah, this is this is a very texas conversation only going nine over the speed limit in that part of the state i'm sure you were getting passed like you were standing still so actually uh, well there wasn't anybody on the road because we left we left yeah. friday in the evening oh that's that's fair and okay, you know after we got past the 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 rush hour stuff going you know through i-10 out towards bernie Right. It was pretty open. And then, you know, when we got you headed up north, you know, through New Mexico, there was nobody on the road. And that's why I ended right. up driving all the way through on Friday. And my wife's like, why are you, you know, you're, you're stupid for doing it. I'm like, I can either pull over, get a hotel room here, or I can do the drive with no cars on the road. Correct. You know, yes, there, you know, there's the wildlife, you know, you know, discussion, but no, it was, it was, it, it's an easy drive. It's about a 10 and a half hour drive. 
um, you know, when we stopped to get gas, we went to the bathrooms uh, for that here. But uh, to me, the biggest takeaway in this field is smaller than El Paso's field. It looked bad. That field it's... is in bad shape. Oh my God. The ball would either stop for no reason or it would bounce for no reason. Yeah. There was no in between. There was no nice, smooth. It was bad. It was that heavy. It was heavy grass. Even AJ is like, holy cow, there's no bounce, Dad. This is the first meeting between these two sides here this season. But I think it's a way to kind of slow SAFC down. I really think that that was part of their. That's just strategy. how the field is, man. And that's why San Antonio FC has such a tough time in. playing there. That's one of those things that, oh, man. Oh, Gomez. And then um, that's one of the big reasons why San Antonio FC has such a tough time there because it is very it is very much a uh, – you can't really go wide. You need to go long. Um, and we've just – we've gotten – whenever they had um, – uh, what's his name? Dreads. Um. Oh my God, his name is Manly escaping me. Very dangerous. No, 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 not our team. Talking for Mexico, for New Mexico, for the last few seasons. Devin, Devin, um, Devin Sandoval, who, who's Sandoval? Who, thank you. <laughs> yeah, he picked up a uh, what, heart murmur or heart condition at yeah. the end of last year. Yeah. Um. So and shout out at to least Devin. probably yeah. professionally. Um. At least, yeah, at least at probably. this level, most likely. I know he's still involved with New Mexico United, but I think more along the right. Academy. And I'd look forward to him being a coach or being uh, in right. in the front office for that team because I mean that that's he, he I mean club legend for a young club club legend yes. already. But that was his big thing is that he would just be on the back shoulder of the center backs, and he would just score goals that way. That's that's that pretty one. much what uh, how New Mexico. That, that was the, all their success in the first few years. Post. Evening is that one goes off the crossbar. San Antonio knocking sells on the door, and eventually New Mexico. Yeah, Fabian. Fabian, so close on that one. He'll find his goal, but. Uh, yeah, man. Just completely beat, and then once again, completely beat. It is what it is. Um, and Maloney's been very close in, in league play. Justin he did get his very first professional Justin goal. Goes down. And this is a, this is interesting. Um, kind of, if you watch the referee, he makes he's pointing to the spot right there. Correct. That's correct. He points at the spot. He points at the Not line. The but then he comes he down over here and he's like, "Well, yeah, he's pointing to the spot right there." And then he goes and talks to the to the linesman because he wants to make sure that it was on the line. On the line. On the line, it's like in football. You can see. If, a, if a ball I mean, the crowd gets the line, it's a touchdown. Uh, if your foot is in the line or on the line, that counts as in the box. So that's the lines. Plus contact red. start, but while he's in the box, there's that's correct. There's no question. Now the foul doesn't necessarily take place. Right, contact happens in the box. The see. foul is on the, the line, but on the line counts as in the box. The ref, does, I like what the ref does here. He calls a penalty. He says, "This is what I saw," and then he goes with the linesman to make sure <laughs> that it was that he was in the box. Agrees. He's like, it, "It was on the line. Uh, that that's a penalty." So then they agree. This happens. Um, another thing that I'd like to see in the highlights, they're not going to show it, but Dylan ball before he um, scores the goal. 
he goes outside of the box and he's kind of by himself and walking mm -hmm. around with the ball. And then you have PC. Um, who's there? I think it's PC. Is it Manly? Two, yeah. two or three of the San Antonio players uh, stand around the penalty spot. So New Mexico can't scuff up the spot and kind of mess up the spot. They're just standing around, just guarding the spot and pushing away the New Mexico players Justin while Dylan's kind of around. And this is a huge monkey off of Justin Dillon. Number one, it's Justin Dillon's very first goal of the season. Well deserved. His hard work deserves a lot more than just the one. If you remember at the very end of last season, Justin Dillon had the deciding penalty miss against Orange County to go to the league final. And you know that's been wearing on his mind the entire offseason and really has motivated him. And this is his first. Goal this is case right there though. with the flag. Yep. There you go. Um you're up. <laughs> yeah. But that's Being his first goal. Sit down, <laughs> sit down. That's his first goal. That's his first PK since that. <laughs> you can tell that was a huge, huge oh, weight that off his shoulder. That one. He really beat that keeper there. Abu connects with Collier. I think Collier's moves on this is just crazy. Yeah. Collier gets a generous bounce. Collier's still in possession, and Mizell has to come up with the save there. I think, I think he plays that ball back to the middle. That's a tapping goal for, for Dylan. For Dylan. Berlin, Germany native. Here's Christian Nava again. Cross goes in. And it's headed away by Maloney. It falls. Portillo. Nico Brett. Falls to Kiesewetter. Ball still loose. Azira. Ofuka. And it's saved. You're Jordan. San Antonio FC victorious. Brendan uh, is the best keeper right now in USL. Yeah. He's I, up I there. I don't think there's much of an argument anybody could have on that. That's that's not a bold statement. That's that's just the truth. So, so to me, the odd thing about this is this is the same ref that ref last year. Is that uh, San Antonio FC and New Mexico where there were what thirteen cards, fourteen yeah. cards, something crazy? San Antonio got away with two cards. I thought they had more, but. Per the report, there I thought PC or Abu had one, but they're not showing that that they you know, didn't. They're not showing that they did. But I swear to God, he gave them a card. But obviously, it's not showing. So not on the report. But two cards, five cards for New Mexico. I will say, you know, Christian Nava of New Mexico United, number forty-five forwards, eight. Yeah, I think he's what just turned eighteen. He's another young stud to kind of look out for. I mean, he's put, to me, he's a little bit more like Pirano, that, that slight build. I think he's what, 5'2, five, 5'3. Five, um, but he, you know, last night when I was on uh, Somos Moss podcast uh, uh, with Seth um, for their hair, that, ki that kid, you know, from New Mexico carried that team offensively, which, which is a huge accomplishment, you know, for them here. But for San Antonio FC, it comes to that defense and 40 clearances in a match. Yeah. That's that to me is, is an amazing, amazing number. 
it's it's what they do and and this is uh, this is a big conversation they had um on the Puro fc um podcast that i listened to today uh shout out to those guys um mm-hmm. shattuck and uh is it clayton i, I gotta yeah, get clayton the name I, um but that was a conversation they had was san antonio fc is averaging like less than 40 percent of possession in every game they play but does possession mean anything in soccer no um going along with the same stat the teams that lead possession in the english premier league this season have losing records possession is almost nothing in and and it's an interesting thing because in hockey possession's everything possession's the only way you score goals in hockey there's a stat called Corsi, and there's a competing stat that I'm not going to think of right now, but they're all based on possession. Um, they both tell you that if you're it hits, so hits is a big stat in, in hockey. But what hits means is that you don't have the puck. So hits is actually a very bad stat for Corsi and for, um, I'm not going to think of it. I'm not even going to give it any mind, but hits means you don't have the puck and you're not scoring and that's bad. Um, shots, good. Block shots, bad. So, Possession is everything in hockey. In soccer, it's not. In soccer, it's because you can get the ball taken from you. You can have the ball as much as you want, but when that ball gets taken from you, and and that's a big thing that San Antonio FC does, is while they really lose the possession battle, every game has a very close shots total. And if, and if anything, San Antonio will have the more shots than the other team. Which is what that, happened here. New Mexico yeah. had 11 shots, two on target. We had 12 shots, four on target. That's it. We outshoot them, but we just don't have the ball most of the time. And yeah. the second thing that's going to do, you're going to be worn out because you're going to have the ball and you're going to try to find a way out. And we're just going to sit in our nice little compact area. We're going to work hard to, to close you down. But at the same time, most of our match, we're staying in our half. And Dylan and Collier are going to go up, and they're the ones who are really going to be in the zone, unless there's a you know a corner or whatever. So, man, the system's working, and it looks good. And this is just another match where you know people will try to you know what whatever. The results won nothing, and it was a pretty damn comprehensive match. Uh, the defense mm-hmm. still, uh, held strong. San Antonio got a couple chances. And, uh, arguably, this probably should have been three to one, four to one. Instead of uh, one nothing, but uh, and four to one San Antonio FC, we had some really good chances that just didn't get put away. But man, this team is on a roll. Um, that's three matches, three wins in seven days. Um, unbelievable. So that brings us to this week uh, against Monterey Bay, which is the the fighting Sam Gleadle. So I'll be excited to see Sam again. Uh, and the fighting Kai Greens. <laughs> Come on. Oh, that's right. I, I don't want to hear any Kai Green erasure here. Kai Green was phenomenal for this team. Uh, the uh, the original Carter Manley, uh, Kai Green, who plays yes. very similarly. So shout out to Kai. Uh, and also Kai was on that Oakland Roots team last season that yes. took down El Paso Locomotive in El Paso in the playoffs. So shout out Kai. So here's my question. Um, Monterey Bay, let's, you know, this is their last – they haven't played at home yet. This is their last match. They have their home opener. I believe it's next week. Uh, right now they sit, you know, one five, you know, one win, five losses, and negative 10 goal difference. Uh, you know, for that they lost 5-0 to El Paso on the road, lost 2-1. The only win was a uh, victory over Oakland Roots. Uh, 
Um, I know, you know, like I said here, they've only played six matches. This feels like one of those trap games, uh, you know, for that, because after this, they get Phoenix, Houston Dynamo and Open Cup, and then the Miami FC on, on the road. So all three of those matches are on the road. Do you think that they do any any roster turnover, uh, you know, you know, for this match? Because the back three have played, I think, all minutes, right? Uh, is, is my understanding? Oh, well, <laughs> but the or at least Tainer and um, Garcia has um, have, have played. Manley's played all all minutes, and up top, Collier and Dylan have played a lot of minutes. Do you do you foresee? Um, any player rotation, you know, for this here, or do you, you, you think that they keep, you know, keep the paddle down and, and try to rotate and, and match? I, I think you see Nicky Hernandez play more on this one. I think, I think you see him, maybe you have PC come off the bench. Um, I'm sure Kamiri is going to be in the back. Uh, uh, you can always put, you know, drop Manley back in the defense and put, any, you know, depending you know, on health, right? Yeah, health. Yeah, I, I think that's what it's going to do. Is how, how are the players feeling? But I think we'll see a little little mix up. Not you know, not to say we're going to not put a strong lineup, but I think we're going to put a, an efficient lineup that's that still will get the job done. Um, because they know then the, after this is going to be probably like the I'm going to call it the highway to hell tour. You know, going going against the three top you know three quality teams. So, I think he'll mix it up, and then hopefully we'll get some players back. There are there are hurt. Hopefully we did. Hopefully Aurora's back, and you know we can get kind of get a little bit healthier. We don't know about Patini. I think Patini won't play this one. I think I think they'll probably save him. Hopefully it's not too serious of a. React. I, I think if he's healthy, I would like to see Patino get some minutes in this match because. And I don't mean any disrespect to you know to Monterey Bay, but they're not an elite level USL Championship team in the West yet. So their defense has you know they got a negative ten goal difference. Their defense has leaked goals, mm-hmm. and I think it would be good to get Patino, get him some confidence, get him a little bit of form, assuming that he's healthy. Um, and to me, also give Dylan and Collier a little bit, a little bit of a breather because, let's be honest, going to Phoenix, we you know we already lost to them here. Um, tiebreakers is head to head. So in order to win that tiebreaker in Phoenix, you number one you've got to win, and number two you've got to at least outscore them by two goals, um, which is in in order to, to to get the tiebreaker. Now I know it's very early to be talking about that. But we don't play Phoenix again, so this is the last opportunity. I think Phoenix, you know, as, as they've shown, because they're setting uh, with 15 points, we've got 18 points. Um, you know, so they're you know they're a quality team. You know, they've got depth. Uh, Phoenix. You know, I wish I was kind of going to this match. I know the checks are. Um, is you know playing? It doesn't seem like where they moved the new stadium to. They're drawing as much of a crowd. Uh, for that here, so it, it'll still be ruckus, but it won't be, you know, like you know, like it was, you know, prior to COVID along those lines when they were in the in the smaller stadium. So I, I think San Antonio FC can go in and and get the win or at least a tie, 
but you know for monterey bay to me that you know and this just might be you know my american football background but this has trap game written all over it where you know where hey you're coming off a huge high you're looking at the records and you're saying hey monterey bay is not not there they're coming off of a bye week so they're going to be well rested probably a little bit healthier than they've been they have their home opener next week uh you know you know in monterey in monterey bay so i think san antonio wins i think they should be favored to win but this is one of those matches you know when you look at you know in sports that you know it it, it it opens it up for discussion for, you know, for that trap, you know, for, you know, for that trap feeling to where, you know, cause let's be honest, come, you know, beating El Paso, beating Austin, going on the road and beating New Mexico, which is something that San Antonio FC has never done before. That's a hell of a week. I, I think also, you know, maybe I don't, I don't know how you guys feel about this. Maybe, you know, it, it is it is time to add a little bit more depth into the team, you know, for these type of situations and so forth because, uh, you know, we do need probably another forward just to kind of back up the three that we have. And same thing, I think another defender too, just to give – because like I said, you mentioned we're giving a lot of minutes to our defense and, they, and it'll take a toll on them sooner or later. You know, and I think we need to kind of address that because look at the look at the game against Austin. We used the whole bench. We had to put two academy players, and we don't want to get stuck in a situation that that we have to put depend on two academy players. Kind of like the Phoenix game, we need they need to go out there and get a couple couple of guys that you know been around the block just to just assure that they to show up the bench, and that way we don't get caught with our pants down like that that in another game. So. But like I said, I think this this is a, like you mentioned, it could be a trap game. But if we can get up early, we should be fine. Yeah, and, and I will say, I think um, I know a lot of fans were hoping. I don't I don't know what's going on in the front office, but a lot of fans were hoping that we could sign Nathan. Um, but it sounds like uh, Nathan uh, Fogaccia, the leading goal scorer last season, uh, got himself an opportunity with Portland, and obviously, uh, well, it's with. Portland, the MLS next team, but obviously that gives him a direct path to MLS, and that's kind of where he wants to go. And it's a two-year um, deal, which is which is more correct. Important. Correct, exactly. Um, but uh, congrats to Nathan, and also he is apparently starting the um, the friendly match that um, the Timbers are playing today against. Um, uh, I don't know if it's the Ukrainian national team, but there's a. a, a uh, charity game for Ukraine happening right now at uh, Providence Park uh, in Portland. So, um, so and also he's already scored a goal for them. So he's obviously looking good over there. So um, that's that's awesome to see. Um, definitely like to see that kid succeed. Uh, apparently he had a really tough time in Brazil, um, but he's already off the mark and doing well um, in Portland. Um, and and that's that's all we want to see are are our guys succeeding. Final thoughts. We, I know it was a long one. Uh, we went 90 plus already. So, uh, uh, final thoughts uh, that you guys have. Uh, just like I said, final thoughts for me, like I said, for the, going to the next game, hopefully we'll keep some momentum, uh, get another win before we hit uh, that three game stretch with, you know, with Phoenix, Houston and, and Miami. Hopefully we can knock off another MLS team to get into the, 
did the Sioux 16. That'd be nice. That'd be great for the you know for the town and all that. I know I know Houston's already kind of talking to smack, but like I said, hey, we can take down the Western Conference leader. We can we can take you out too. So so that should be it should be a good one. But you know, and then just as far as addressing what what happened, you know, just go out there, so support the team, and we'll see what happens. And hopefully everything's resolved and cooler heads will prevail. And we're just like I said. The bottom line is we we're all about supporting the players and the team. That's what matters the most, and and we need to get and those we have the, we need to get those people back that to c- take care, you know, t- to have that for for them. So th- that's my final thought, and and then like I said, just finished off high school season. Hopefully, we'll get that next week as a kind of like a final wrap up as well. And, and Royce, uh, Nathan's already got a brace. Uh... Oh, that hurts, man. God, that hurts. I know. Perhaps perhaps Portland will see that he's too good for MLS next and they send him out on loan. Yes, that would be a damn dream. I would love to see him back. Uh, my final thoughts, dude. We smoked the trees on 420 in 2022. Um we need to have a TIFO next season if we ever play them. Just uh, you never forget your first. Um, and uh, Austin FC's first ever U.S. Open Cup match. We get to ask them, hey, you guys play in the Open Cup, right? That first match y'all played, how did that go? And smile and reflect and have a good old time. But we got to be like in La Bamba with Bob. Yeah. Our first or my last. <laughs> <laughs> so. Man, what a week. What a week. And uh, once again, sorry we didn't have any shows. Um, sorry we didn't have any pods. Um, we were busy. Um, I didn't have a voice. Things happened. Um, but luckily we're back. Um, and uh, hopefully Sunday morning we can do a, uh, a review show um, for the Monterey Bay match. So we'll see how that one goes. Um, and going forward. So, uh, and, and, yeah, obviously going forward. And San Antonio FC, was it five of their next six matches are on the road? Mm-hmm. So, uh, also, um, these uh, mentality monsters we have are road warriors, for sure. Uh, undefeated on the road. Actually, not just undefeated. Um, not, don't even have a draw on the road. Just wins. All wins on the road. Un- unbelievable start to this season. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how they continue it, and and hopefully they do have a uh, uh, like like you said a couple signings to uh, to um, to uh, get more depth because we need a bit more depth. We have injuries. Um, obviously, they released um, Mane, so we'll see. Um, we'll see uh, what they're able to bring in. Obviously they have one loan that they brought in and he seems like a quality signing. Um, so we'll see, uh, we'll see what else. Um, another quality signing that is playing for an MLS, MLS next team that needs to go up a step. That's a little too good for that league. Like we just said, Nathan Bogachas and who has a priest already, which is nuts. He, that kid's so good. I don't understand what happened in Brazil, man. That's, that's yeah, baffling. That's it's truly baffling. So, um, just happy, just happy, and, and the players. Uh, if if you're watching this, thank you, thank you. Uh, Wednesday was that was five years of stress of looking at articles of are we you know are they finally going to bring MLS to San Antonio? Uh, it looks like they are. To heartbreak, 
and despair and depression. And I mean, even San Antonio FC saw a lot of their season ticket numbers that they had back in 2017, back in 2018, precipitously drop. And that's with, um, you know, results on the field as well as, oh, they're not going to go to MLS. The, you know, the MLS bump ended. It was just, it was a bad time. It was a bad time for the club, bad time for the city. Obviously, uh, Mayor Nuremberg went through that. Um, uh, Mayor Ivy Taylor, when she was mayor, went through that. Um, 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 uh, Nelson Wolf, sorry, uh, yes. Bear County Commissioner Nelson Wolf also had a, you know, he's the one who filed the lawsuit against MLS to look into if there was a, a conflict of interest. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, yeah, big time. Big time corruption in that from MLS, but hey, uh, they didn't pursue it. Or San it's Antonio, yeah, San, uh, Spurs Sports Entertainment pulled their um, pulled their bid uh, because they didn't want to. Because they're obviously looking. Maybe in the future we can get this back together. Um, and I think Wednesday, Wednesday. I mean, we brought the atmosphere. Uh, the fans brought the atmosphere, and it looked great. It, it was awesome, and um, you you have to hope that people, obviously, people around the world were watching because of that Fagundes and uh, um, uh, Garcia little uh, uh, <laughs> flop fest. But um, it was incredible. It was an incredible night on Wednesday, and then for them to also get the six points in the league um, on both Saturdays that surrounded it, unbelievable. And thank you to the players, man. Um, There's just incredible uh, we couldn't ask for anything more and those mentality monsters have been they they've they're unbelievable unbelievable this season great start to 2022 so my final thought has to do with the environment um but at both games that, that i attended last week uh austin fc fans and san antonio fc fans you know i'll give credit to austin fc they brought 500 fans in, in, in their section and, and they were impressive. Uh, you know, like I said here, it's, I had people, you know, sending me a message, Hey, you know, you know, where are you guys? I'm like, well, it helps that there's two sections back to back right next to each other that in the, are in the perfect in, view of the cameras. Yeah. Yeah. That are in unison. So, you know, but to me, like I said here, the, even they said that the environment that San Antonio has, is on par or better than the other MLS Texas teams. So a lot of shout out going, uh, you know, to, to both fans. Like I, you know, it, it was a situation that could have been real ugly um, for here. And, and there was an ugly situation, but it was more self-inflicted, but I was happy to see both fan bases got along well. Um, you know, there was some banter. There might've been some that maybe crossed that line a little bit, but nothing, you didn't hear any any skirmishes or fights or anything like that. So, you know, well done to both of the sports groups, all of the fans of each club. You know, it was a fun time, and I can't wait till next year, assuming that we get to play each other again and and hopefully beat you guys. You know, beat Austin FC again. The other, uh, you know, to you know, Somos Mas, uh, the podcast, you know, out in New Mexico. Um, I got to meet them. You know, we went out to dinner. You know, kind of talk. You know, San Antonio, New Mexico. What a wonderful time. Obviously, uh, you know, after the match, I got to meet uh, their owner, Peter. Um, you know, he came over and, and thanked uh, you know, thanked us for coming over. And, and um, if you get an opportunity to go to a New Mexico match, you know, like I said here, it's 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 not a bad way to go. The, you know, it's a baseball field, though it is what it is along those lines. But the environment was fun. You know, like I said here, 
you know, I, I was able to get banter uh, on the pitch and, and, you know, I got banter back uh, behind me saying, you know, sit down and, you know, along those lines, but, you know, it was a good time. And so to me, like I said here for soccer in the United States, especially in San Antonio and, and the matches, you know, here, it was a huge success. Uh, and hopefully the system can get opened up, um, you know, or we can go to Mexico, one of the two, you know, however that goes, you know, for that here to be able to show that San Antonio is a soccer city. It can support a top, a, a top tier team. You know, we, we support, you know, we support our club no matter the level, you know, whether it was, you know, you know, division three, you know, when USL initially came, you know, came to San Antonio league two or division two where we're currently at now, or when it was when in NASL San Antonio will show up and support, you know, it's club. So huge shout out to, you know, all the fans. And like I said here, both, you know, you know, traveling fans from Austin, San Antonio, you know, to the New Mexico fans that, that welcomed me and AJ and, and the checks here was a great time, um, you know, visiting the through there here. Coach Cano, how are you? Uh, yeah, we're back in action uh, for it here. Uh, blame Rafa. He, you know, he's been busy with some other podcasts, some 50-50 podcasts. Can't Trader. Ours. Benedict yeah. Rafa. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, you know, like we're about an hour and 45 minutes. So do want to thank everybody for tuning in. Like I said here, next show will be Sunday morning. Probably what, 9 o'clock, uh, I think, is what we try to shoot for. Uh, 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 earlier wouldn't be a bad thing, but nine o'clock sounds fine. Yeah, I can do eight o'clock. Uh, Rafa, can you do eight o'clock? As I have my tacos, I'm fine with that. Look at us, schedule. Look at us doing scheduling on a show. Look at us. So, this is how little time we have. And and also, I I will say, um, apparently, uh, uh, Matt Game has obviously one of the um. Uh, big main supporters in Mission City uh, FC. Uh, Mi- I'm sorry, Mission City firm. Um, they have said um, that they that they did have a Zoom call uh, with the supporters. The club had a Zoom call with the supporters, and there were some understandable agreements. So it sounds like it was amicable. But at the same time, I'm going to call and express my concerns to the club because they still need to come out with the public yeah, statement. And that, that's, to me, they it's, it's to, fair they enough. They need to make but, a public but, statement. And just just admit things can be better. That's it. Things can be better. That, that that's it. And that that's all I want to see. And I want to have that conversation. So, uh, and I really hope I really hope um, all the supporters come back. I, I know it. Like I said, it was a black eye on possibly the greatest night in San Antonio soccer history, and it, it kind of sucks. Um, but I would love to see them back. And obviously, you just want to see that you want to see that come full circle and everybody's back. Everybody's back in. This is an, a, an, a very exciting team to support. Um, um, man. Uh, and you want to see everybody be able to support them and, and go forward on this. So, but and like the, I said, the final, on that, oh, sorry, on the 18th, I'm sorry. On the 18th minute, I'm going to stand at the Monterey game and I'm going to clap in support of the supporters groups. And, you know, uh, this is something that we're all a huge proponent on. Early voting is open. I don't care who you vote for. Just go vote. Um, like I said here, you know, there's been a whole bunch of issues with, with voting. Uh, if you have the opportunity, go get your vote in. Uh, I know it's, what, a special session or? Yeah, there's going to be two elections um, very 
close together. This election that's going on now, this is for bonds in the city um, to fix things. Basically, it, it's a, it's a it's proposition. It's not propositions. It's just bonds. It's basically, hey, do you want to put money? You want to put taxpayer money to fix this? You want to put taxpayer money to fix that? Um, and I've, I'll say this for myself. Um, I I would say yes on all of them because obviously the better city is the better position we're at and at the same rate um i'm in civil engineering so uh if you want to support me i know there's the nisd bond out there here so you know like i said here if you're on the north side uh i know you're probably going to start yet uh, especially if you got uh children uh messages to uh go out and vote but um we're out of here. What's life without goals? Like I said here, hope everybody has a wonderful time. We'll see you Sunday morning sometime post-match. And uh, like I said here, hopefully, and next Wednesday with uh, Rafa's final uh, ranking for the San Antonio schools. Uh, it was supposed to be this week, but it got bumped just, uh, you know, with life and, and travel and, and that type of stuff here. So thank you for everybody tuning in. Um, what's life without goals? We're out of here. So. Yep.